0: Artificial fragrance is a cocktail of chemicals and it always includes an endocrine disruptor called phthalates and it's just ever present in a lot of things. So if you're buying a product that's fragranced, they also don't care about a bunch of other things probably in their product. So if the company's gonna go to the point to say, hey, you know, this is fragrance with essential oils, or this is fragrance-free, you're probably also looking at, like, is this paraben-free? So it covers a wide range, and most people are getting exposed to tons of fragrance.
1: You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kyberg, chiropractor, and movement expert as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Bridget Danner, I'm super excited to have you on Muscle Medicine Podcast today. You are an acupuncturist and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you kind of got into the health and wellness world? Sure. So I, I got into the natural wellness
0: world because I was like a little environmentalist as a kid. I don't, I honestly don't know why Emily, I just was like, I was very concerned about the hole and ozone layer, which was big when I was a kid and like, you know, harp seals and like I was into it. So that was sort of what got me towards natural medicine and natural living But then I worked for some years just as an acupuncturist and treating, you know, the usual back pain and that kind of a thing. And then I feel like things really came full circle because I got my own environmental illness and everything kind of came to the forefront again for me about the environment. And now I've kind of shifted my business into that, which feels really good. It feels in alignment with why I got into all this. And it's a really important topic in in this day and age. So it's great.
1: Yeah. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I used to be a park ranger. So I too was an environmental oh, nice. <laughs> advocate. Yeah. In, in uh Yellowstone and Sequoia. Like, Oh when, my gosh. Yeah. How, what great memories, I'm sure. Yeah. What was your environmental episode mm-hmm. that, yeah, the illness? Yeah. So we, I was living in
0: Portland, Oregon in a hundred year old home and found out eventually found out that we had toxic mold in our home, in the walls. And I was really sick for a while. Poor memory, getting sick all the time, eyelid twitching, muscle cramps. So yeah, it was kind of fortunate that we discovered it. I don't know how long it was affecting my health. We were in that house 10 years before we knew about it. And then it was a whole process once we found out, fixing up the house and working on our health, and we eventually moved to another state. And uh, so it was quite a journey. But I'm I'm really happy that there's, there's a lot more awareness of uh, indoor mold now. When I was going through it, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like you're some kind of crazy person. But it's actually super common. I think like one in four buildings have, you know, probable mold issues, and then one in four people actually have a Difficulty clearing mold toxins from their body genetically. So it's just one more way that, like, our modern world is creating some stress for us. So that really thrust me into, you know, specific detox practices and figuring out what would work for me.
1: Yeah. So I think it's so important to not only if you have mold toxicity, but to just be clearing your pathways and detoxing. And you kind of have four pillars around this idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So aside from all, like you said, there's, you know, a lot of chemicals that we are running into every day and, you know, food isn't very pure anymore. So the number one thing is avoidance, you know, and that's not the sexiest discussion it's sexier to do like take some special supplement or whatever, but really like there's not much point in cleaning out if you're not avoiding toxins coming back in. So it's a big discussion. We can, you know, take it <laughs> wherever you like Because yeah. questions, you know, like, Oh, what about this? What about that? But yeah, it's, you know, personal care products. It's, you know, cleaning products. It's, um, food choices, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, if you were gonna name like two big things to avoid that would be like the big go to's, what would you what would you say?
0: All right, I'm gonna say fragrance and plastic. (laughs) Why fragrance? (laughs) Artificial fragrance is a cocktail of chemicals and it always includes an endocrine disruptor called phthalates, and it's just ever present in a lot of things. So if you're buying a product that's fragranced, They also don't care about a bunch of other things probably in their product. So if the company is going to go to the point to say, hey, you know, this is fragrance with essential oils or this is fragrance-free, they're probably also looking at like, is this paraben-free or, you know, that kind of a thing too. So it covers a wide range. And yeah, most of us, most people are getting exposed to tons of fragrance. You know, little teen girls are piling on like the deodorant spray and the shaving gel and all that stuff and it's an endocrine disruptor and an and an obesogen. So fragrance is a big one to avoid. And and it's actually pretty easy nowadays. You just gotta read labels and there's so many brands now that have options. It's it's pretty accessible. So that's one. And then yeah plastics everyone probably knows about. I think it's just kind of like changing our habits and really monitoring because we know about this, but if you go to Starbucks, how many people bring their own cup? Like one in 20 maybe. So, you know, we're just still not really in the habit of avoiding plastic as much as we should be. It does transfer to our food really easily. It's in things like, you know, French fry boxes and stuff like that that we don't even think about as being plasticized, but it is. So yeah, that's a really important one too.
1: So for people who don't know what is in plastic that can get transferred to our food, can you expand on that?
0: Well, it depends on the type of plastic. There's a lot of types of plastic. So some people know about BPA. That's kind of a famous one. That's usually a hard plastic, and that can shed. Plastic isn't as stable as we think it is. So a hard plastic like a Nalgene bottle or a a blender, that can actually still shed. So you should treat it very gently uh, when you wash it and that kind of thing, avoid putting it in the dishwasher. And then soft plastics usually have phthalates that we talked about earlier with fragrance. So it's a something that makes fragrance linger, but it's also kind of makes plastic softer. So those are a, a couple examples, but there's more to like the French fry box or a nonstick pan. That's a different kind of plastic compound. So they're all a little different, but you just basically want to opt for glass and stainless steel and you know, store things in jars and stuff like that. And for kids' lunches too, you can think about switching it out for stainless steel. And there's, again, a lot more options for all this now. It's just kind of like making sure we keep it in our mind.
1: Yeah. I actually would say that avoiding fragrances is actually quite hard because I tried to buy garbage bags the other day and every, there's like a new trend going on where, I don't know if, Every garbage bag company and Febreze has partnered, but it's very tricky to find a non-fragranced garbage bag. I think that's so (laughs) so funny. Crazy fragrance,
0: everything. They fragrance cat litter. You're right. I mean, it is challenging and like they spray fragrance now in like hotels and like Goodwill stores. It's really I actually wrote a letter to Goodwill (laughs) because I'm like, Don't why are you guys doing this? Like your whole place reeks of perfume now. I didn't really get through to the right. (laughs) person. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, how could I say it's impossible to avoid completely, but as much as you can control what you can. And yeah, we'll talk about other ways to kind of, cause yeah, we're all going to be exposed in the end, but there's, you know, just do what you can to avoid. And then there's some things you can do
1: to support your body too. Yeah. So after avoidance, what's the next pillar? Um, so
0: I would say nourish, just nourishing your body. This is, you, you know, just the simple stuff about drinking plenty of water, eating to get nutrition because to detoxify, you need B vitamins and you need sulfur and you need amino acids. So just making sure you have a good diet. You just treat your your organs well so they can do the deep job for you. So that's a simple one.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, it feels like common sense, but it was probably probably trickier to integrate than Yeah.
0: And then we could get more specific, like, okay, yeah, there's certain super foods for detox and all that that we could get into. But yeah, just know, like, it's not always a matter of like, oh, this food's bad for me or good for me. It's like, it's like, is this giving you the nutrition you need for your body to function optimally?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend people buy more on the organic side, grass fed? Would that be part of nourishing properly?
0: Yeah. I mean, some of that is still avoidance, right? Because you could get like organic Cheetos and it's still, (laughs) it's not very nourishing, but it might be avoiding some things. And foods that are organic and that are grass fed are usually more nutrient dense. So to that point, yeah, you are, you are nourishing your body more when you eat organic food and eating, like looking for local CSAs and that kind of a thing is a great idea. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had this on your podcast, so I won't beat it to, to death, but like lots of greens, lots of healthy fats, you know, lots of good sources of protein. I eat a lot of nuts and seeds and put them in smoothies and stuff like that. So kind of like daily habits that are nourishing. I often make like a little green drink that's just simple with like lemon and like cilantro and stuff in the morning. And I love the idea of like daily detox, you know, things you can do every day. We're also going to talk about mobilization of toxins or I can bring that up now. That's number
1: three. Yeah, let's talk about
0: it. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, things like dry brushing your skin every day in the morning is really great for mobilizing your lymph which is like a garbage man of the body. So you're going to have toxins in your lymph. So if you can get that lymph moving, that's another pillar of detox. It's just like a nice daily habit exercise, which you talk about a lot, I'm sure on the podcast, it moves your lymph. It helps you detoxify. It helps you sweat. So things like that are just important. Like if you, I don't know, if you kind of picture somebody who's kind of a couch potato and like overweight and like You know, the one thing that's not happening there is they're just not moving. They're not getting that like vitality and detoxification from movement. That's a piece of it as well.
1: For people who have never dry brushed, can you kind of explain, like a dry brushing one hundred and one how to?
0: Sure. So it's like a hard bristle brush, a natural brush. It's called dry because you're not doing it in the shower. You're doing it before you shower or like, I don't, I'm usually in like a night bather. So I just do it in the morning, like before I get dressed. So it's a hard bristle brush and you brush towards your heart always. Um, And you just kind of, I don't know, brush, like say you're having, you're doing your forearm. You just take a few brushes on the back of your forearm and a few brushes on the front side and just kind of do that all over your body it feels amazing. It really helps wake you up in the morning, it gets circulation in your skin, it can help reduce cellulite and just make your skin look better, but it's also moving lymph that's near the surface there and just helping that get out of your body. So I had known about this. I had, you know, I had a dry brush, but for some reason around the time I was going through the mold, I reconnected with it and it I really when I was at my sickest, it, I could really feel the difference. And mm-hmm. then it, I became like Addicted to it. And now I I still, it's like my morning isn't quite complete if I didn't dry brush.
1: (laughs) It's super invigorating. Like you would be surprised. Like it's almost the equivalent of like turning on cold water at the end of your shower. Like you really. Yeah, and that's probably different. another
0: way to mobilize. Yeah, is like doing the hydrotherapy. Yeah. I mean the hardest part is like when it's a winter and it's kind of cold and you have to take your clothes off to drive and You're like, oh, that's the hardest part. But I sometimes will just take half my clothes off, then I'll take me- <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm in Arizona, as we said, so it's not really cold, but <laughs> cold enough.
1: Yeah. So what's the last pillar of detoxing?
0: So this one is binding, and this one may be the one people know the least about. So when I got sick, I started to learn about binders, which are substances that either structurally or chemically bind with toxins to help them move out of the body. And there's lots of types of binders like clay, charcoal, chlorella.
1: Those would be like the natural yeah. ones.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's also pharmaceutical binders too that were developed for other purposes, but do in fact bind toxins. So that's sort of the last step is if you're if you're supporting detox and you're mobilizing toxins, you use a sauna or whatever. You generally want to pair it with some kind of binder, and all binders are a little different. Some are good for heavy metals. Some are good for, you know, bacteria, that kind of a thing. It takes a little bit of, you know, getting to know the different types of binders. But if if you're listening and you you do really want to get more into detox, I would start exploring binders. We have two a two part blog on our website going over some of the different binders. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty helpful just to kind of get familiar. And if you have a known problem, you might want to go to a certain kind of binder. And if, if you don't know really what's going on, we sell one binder. That's like a potpourri of different binders that you're just kind of like covering a lot of bases.
1: You can send me those two blogs and we'll drop them in the show notes. Cause I think it's really important for everyone to know sure. what binders and how to, how to detox. So for people who are High level athletes that do do the mobilization of exercise but maybe have pathways that aren't detoxing well. What do you recommend for those like high level athletes that want to be optimized? Because I think a lot of athletes and kind of the general public think of sweating and moving as mobilizing and detoxing but I think sometimes right. the physical act of exercising builds up toxins
0: it does and it uses up nutrients so yeah. yeah you have to make sure you really are getting that nourishment down I'll throw out a few ideas and and see what you think so I definitely gut health is super super important and you can be you know a good athlete and still not have that piece totally dialed in it's it can be a tough piece also in modern day to be taken care of. But really, you know, you got to make sure you're having a bowel movement every day and you make sure you're taking care of your gallbladder. So maybe some things that come to mind are doing like digestive bitters, doing little tinctures of bitters, or even like those bitters you use to make cocktails. They're still bitters. They still work. They help you digest you know, stronger, kind of wake up your digestive enzymes and they help kind of pump your gallbladder, which is part of the digestive process, right? So we put toxins into the bile and then the bile goes into our intestines to be eliminated. So we really want the the gallbladder working well. One of my favorite colleagues, Anne-Louise Gittleman, talks a lot about the gallbladder and I've learned a lot from her. She says like most of us have a sluggish gallbladder. Maybe not as much for athletes, but just many people in the general population because they still aren't eating enough good fats. We aren't eating like bitter foods anymore. We're not, you know, we're kind of eating the same things all the time, like chicken and rice or whatever. So having like a bitter salad or buying dandelion greens at the store when you see them and cooking those up and that bitter taste is actually really stimulating for digestion and elimination. So that could be an option to start with. Gut health is a huge conversation, but that's actually one of the biggest sellers for us is products for gut health. I think it's a really common problem. So we have some products for you know repairing the gut lining, which you know if you're if you're a high level athlete, I think that that could be very thin and stressed because it is kind of for everyone, but if you're putting your body under quote unquote stress from you know performing building up that gut lining so it's healthy. Will keep down inflammation in your gut and make sure you're absorbing nutrients well and eliminating toxins well, taking really good probiotic supplements, getting lots of fiber in your diet to feed a variety of bacteria in your gut is a good idea.
1: How does someone know, because I am a poor detoxifier, liver detoxifier, mm. what would symptoms be someone would feel or physically you could see on someone that they are not detoxified well?
0: Hmm. You know, there's so many, but I'll, I'll give you some of the like kind of fast acting ones. Like I would say if you're a poor caffeine metabolizer, you know, that's a sign of poor alcohol metabolizer. If you don't do, I still don't do well with alcohol, like at all after what my liver has been through you know, if you have a lot of food sensitivities, that could be a sign. If you have skin rashes and kind of chronic skin issues, that's usually toxins pushing through your skin. If you don't poop well, you're not pooping for every few days, you're definitely reabsorbing toxins. Other than that, you know, it can be hard to tell because things overlap so much, right? Like, say you're tired and you have brain fog. I think likely toxins are involved, but also, likely some other things are involved too. Yeah. So, it can be a little bit hard to tell. Headaches, I think, are another common sign of toxicity. I would say to some extent, allergies are too. You know, if there's like a chronic, I'll share, you know, like in my case, like I was kind of doing a lot of things right. You know, I was eating right and going to yoga and going to bed on time. I knew all the things and I still wasn't right. And to me now, like when I see those kinds of cases, I'm like, let's look for toxins because I, you know, if you're, you know, baseline, you're listening to this and you're educated and you're trying to do the right things and some symptom isn't going away, it's, I think there's either some kind of toxin or some kind of infection in your body you're, you're not aware of partnering with a chronic stress in your body that is just making a perfect storm for you.
1: Yeah. I am currently... Marie kondo my house Ah. (laughs) since the Netflix release of me (laughs) binge watching it. And she doesn't talk about this, right? It's all about sparking joy. But for me, going through all the chemicals that are in our house and starting to try to replace them, what would you recommend? Because- Right now we have Windex and Pledge and really Clorox bleach. I don't know how this got into my house, but it's in there.
0: Things accumulate. I mean, I like seventh generation brand. I think it's a pretty trustworthy brand. And there's a few brands that do will still have fragrance. So look at those. Like they, they look all natural. Like I know there's a brand at Target that I look at sometimes and it's like free of this and free of that but it still has fragrance cuz they a fragrance creates branding right it's a signature scent so so just like look at the label i mean you can certainly make a lot of your own stuff with like vinegar and water and baking soda i use essential oils for a lot of that stuff too you know you can use that to diffuse in your house instead of air spray that's there's a- certain one. essential oils that are
1: like your go-to's for them?
0: for cleaning the air yeah. Mm, yeah, So much. I mean, I think citruses are really nice for eliminating odors and eliminating germs too. So you can use lemon and orange and that kind of a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any research or just even working with clients and patients that someone that uses a lot of physical toxic chemical cleaning products that it affects their health?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of information about that. Actually, you know- Housewives, that's kind of an outdated term, like just being in the home is actually a more toxic environment than being outside the home sometimes because not only is cleaning chemicals, but we're using like Ikea furniture that's off gassing and curtains and carpet and you maybe got mold in your home. So actually that, like being a homemaker can be a dangerous profession nowadays because you're home. That's actually when I fully moved my practice to being at home is when I got sick.
1: Was that in Portland? In Portland,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Farm workers, definitely exposed to a lot of chemicals. It sort of depends like where you are in the industry. Like there's certain toxicities in the city, probably with like air pollution, but then a lot of like jobs in the country are exposed to chemicals like farming chemicals and that kind of a thing. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of correlations and there's some really specific ones like with like shipbuilders, there's like very toxic chemicals they use to like do like the waterproofing of ships. Like that's one I've read about a few times. Stained glass is dangerous one.
1: For people who don't know what off-gassing is, can you explain that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So when we make like furniture or carpet or computers or whatever, they have different components, you know, usually different chemicals to like waterproof things or glue things together or you know, stainproof things. And that's the smell you get, right? When you got a new car or you get a new shower curtain or something like that. And maybe you're like, ooh, it smells, but like, you know, it wears off. Yeah. It actually doesn't really wear off when the smell wears off though. Like I was shocked to find this. I just found this out in the last year. Like your pressboard furniture could be off gassing for like 10 years crazy.
1: Um, Mattresses too, right?
0: Yeah. Mattress is a really important purchase to think about doing organically or like low toxin, you know, as best you can because you're sleeping on it. And those things will definitely off gas. Some of them have flame retardant in it. Yeah. Like things like vinyl floor, you know, curtains, like they'll off gas a long time, you know, much longer than I suspected. So Uh, paint too. You know, it smells at first, but then you think it's done. It's not done, unfortunately. (laughs) So indoor air quality is actually worse now, Emily, than outdoor air quality. So you know, opening the windows is really important, looking into air filters. And just like as you buy furniture, you move house, you know, really think about what you're bringing in because it's, you're not going to be perfect, but just try to be more aware. Like buying used furniture is often like a better investment than buying brand new furniture, that kind of a thing.
1: Can you talk about your own journey with mold toxicity and Oftentimes we hear when people are remediating and renovating and they find mold that depending on the person, sometimes it's just get the mold out of the house and they're fine. Sometimes it's physically moving. Sometimes it's get rid of everything, every article of clothing, every piece of furniture because it has the mycotoxins on it. What was your experience?
0: Mine, unfortunately, was the full the full meal deal. We had to get rid of everything. We got rid of two cars even. We got rid of all computers. I mean, it was devastating to be honest. Like now I can talk about it, but to lose like everything that you worked hard to buy is not easy. You know, you don't get that money back when you sell your car, you know, 10 years later
1: or whatever. Why, Why the cars if the mold was in the house?
0: Because we had been, like, transporting stuff and transporting ourselves. At one point, like, I put – I mean, you just do stuff, and then later you're like, why did I do that? That was so dumb. I put, like, a wet dog bed in my trunk because I was going to bring it somewhere, and, like, then I didn't – like, it just got all nasty. So, yeah, we totally contaminated our cars. And you can't sense that stuff when you're in the thick of it, but we actually put one of our cars in storage for – a couple months and then went back to it and immediately was like headache and like we can't have this car anymore. You know, it wasn't wow. that old. So we had to just trade in the car. People ask me all the time, well, I have this or that. And what do you think? And I think there's probably instances where you can isolate and, and fix up. Like, I think you just had a bathroom. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, out.
1: <laughs> I'm still going through that. So we had oh, like a the bathroom and we currently, we did construction over the summer moved out of our place for three months, and then it's been raining in New York and water streaming through the window. And roofers have come three times to fix the caulk on the outside of the window, and it's still not fixed. And the drywall is brown, and I'm like, fix the window so we can remediate already. (laughs)
0: Oh, no. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear more about your family's experience. I I guess there can be instances where maybe you don't have the genetics or it's really affecting you and it's pretty isolated. Mostly, though, when people contact me, like they're pretty sick and they're like, well, can I just do this? And I'm like, "Mm, I know you want to just do that because that sounds a lot easier than (laughs) doing all the things. But, you know, my husband was really great about this because I was the one who was like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I don't want to. And he's like, no. Like, he was like, we have to do this right and we have to be thorough. So did, did. he have symptoms? He did too. A little different okay. than mine, which is it's actually somewhat of a good thing because if only one person has the symptoms, it can be hard for the other to Go along with it. They just don't get it. But anyway, yeah, he was really good about pushing for it. It's such a long process and it's hard to pull the band aid off because it's your home and it's all your stuff. So some stuff we would we put in storage for a year, and then like same thing as the car. We went back and we're like, we can't have any of this stuff. So there's you know, instances like that, but there's a thing they call sicker quicker. Like once you've gotten away from the mold and you're starting to recover especially when you reexpose re to your own things, which have that exact profile of all the toxins, you're going to know it right away, you know, instant headache and mold rage and all that. So your body will tell you when you get a break from it and come back to it. So yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, luckily for us, the housing market was really strong right when we had to remediate. So we put, you know, I don't know, 50, 80 grand into our house, but we still were able to make a profit. We were lucky, you know, if that had happened four years earlier, we wouldn't have made any money. The housing market wasn't there. So these are tough choices, but ultimately, you know, not only do you not feel well and you can't work, but this is, you know, it's carcinogenic, can cause heart disease. Like it's very serious. So now that we're out of it, I, we, you know, I still have to be diligent to just keep detoxing because I know it's still it's still in me. It's last, but it's still in me. So um yeah, I think ultimately it's just like knowing like you're not the only one going through these types of things and that your health is really important. So sometimes you just have to make these these tough choices and you know, eventually things will calm down and, but like you're experiencing mold seems to kind of follow you. Like it's
1: never like a a quick fix. It doesn't. Never, ever. Did you guys remediate your house and then you just weren't feeling better? Is that? We remediated the
0: house super, super thoroughly, like incredibly well. We did it so well that in theory, maybe we could have moved back, but we were just like, no, like we're not going to risk it. Bringing all new furniture to it it worked out well for us. I know, you know, some people don't have as good luck with the timing. So, you really, you know, you have to call on the resources of your friends and family and, you know, it's just you have to kind of humble yourself and really teaches you a lot of mental resilience and teaches you quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So, you're still in the process of detoxing from mold illness. What are what's some of your favorite supplements and maybe some of the stuff that you take for yourself to detox?
0: Well, I use some sil- products with silver because my immune system is still kind of fragile. So I use some like silver nasal spray and silver mouth spray. Some things I do now weren't as much as I did back then, but I do occasionally use some binders. I have it. We have a sauna now. So if I use a sauna, I'll use a binder. I use some chlorella or uh GI detox is another binder we have. We have a glutathione spray we sell at our shop. Glutathione is a pretty well-known detoxifying antioxidant. I also do coffee enemas still once a week, which really increase your glutathione levels in your body. And just feels really good to me. It just feels right to me. So I keep doing them. Some other products I like, there's a product called phosphatidylcholine, which is like a compound that makes your cell membrane stronger, but it really seemed to help me the most with like brain fog and memory troubles. Mm-hmm. So I really recommend that one if people are having like a mental issue. I've definitely done a lot of gut detox, which my, I'm going to say my gut is going really great right now, but I've done some bacterial and parasite detoxes. When you have mold, you're going to end up with leaky gut. They go hand in hand and you're going to probably have candida and you're probably going to develop an autoimmune disease. (laughs) All those things. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I think working on the gut is really important. We like Megaspore probiotic. I think that's a really strong product. And they have a bunch of products coming out in their suite of products that are um, great for rebuilding gut health. So yeah, be happy. I, I do like supplement consultations if anybody ever wanted to just kind of talk it out with me. Well, this is what I'm taking and what do you think about this? Yeah. Cause we're all a little different, right? And what we need at the moment. So really it's evolving all the time, you know, what I take and what I'm experimenting with.
1: Yeah. I will take whenever I get on a plane, cause planes always make me feel terrible when I get off. And I, I don't know if it's the circulated air. I don't know if it's spraying stuff on the outside, like de-icer. But I always feel like a shell of myself after a flight.
0: (laughs) That's another profession. You asked me about professions. Yeah. Being a flight attendant or a pilot is dangerous for
1: your health. Yeah. So what what do you use? So I always take um, like under the tongue liposomal glutathione. I feel almost immediately better. I don't know what the pathway is and i also have a fragrance sensitivity so if someone comes into the office and they're wearing perfume which in my emails says you can't wear perfume otherwise dr kyberd won't see you but or if i'm on the train when i get to my office or my home i'll take some glutathione and it's almost like the fog is lifted immediately
0: that's so great. Yeah, I don't get that from glutathione. Mm. It's just different. Like it's just never been like a heavy hitter for me. Yeah. But it is for some people. So yeah, I think it does take some experimentation to learn like what we like and, and all that. I actually want to develop i will have to come back in three years. I'm like, so, so it's like <laughs> I want to develop a product that's just like the bomb product for if you get exposed to fragrance or you're on a plane. Cause sometimes like, especially if you've gone through this kind of thing and you're, you know, you're sensitive to chemicals, like you said, sometimes you just get hit and you're like, Oh, what do I do now? It's just like so many nuances to like different people's lives and situations and like, what's the best fit for them to support their health?
1: Yeah. I was on a plane once and the couple behind me was eating fried chicken. I was like, I don't care. And then she sprayed perfume. And then the plane got stuck on LaGuardia's tarmac because there were thunderstorms for like half an hour. I had a panic attack. My heart was racing. I had brain fog. I literally was going to like stand up and be like, I have to get off this plane. I had vitamin C. I was like popping vitamin C. I didn't have glutathione on me. I literally had my scarf over my mouth. (laughs) And I'm like, am I a crazy person? (laughs) No, I just had to like breathe and meditate through it. It was really hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Once you get that inflammatory flare up, it's like your body remembers, you know, it's like, Oh, here's a perfume react. I know I read an interesting article like about just trying to like, yeah, mentally come down from those types of things too, because I think it's a very, you know, physical component, but like we are just going to be faced with like fragrance and different things. And if, if there is a way that we can like talk to our body and be like, okay, this isn't a serious threat. Like let's be okay with this. I think that there's some potential there.
1: Yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah. So it's just BridgetDanner.com. Bridget with okay. an
0: I-T. Hopefully that <laughs>
1: comes up with, with Google. Yeah. We'll drop it in the show notes too. And you have an online shop
0: yeah, it's it's reachable through BridgetDanner.com, but we call it Hormone Detox Shop. We have detox products and some products for balancing hormones, and we also offer testing for things like toxins and heavy metals and hormones and gut health, which people really enjoy because it's like, you know, you can see there in black and white what you got, and then it helps you figure out what to take.
1: <laughs> yeah, the two articles you mentioned earlier will drop in the show notes. Yes, but you have I will a great article for you. Yeah, you have a great article. <laughs> Five easy detox swaps. I love that.
0: Yeah, we've got to get. We got a couple of gifts on our main site. We've got these five easy detox swaps, doing things like swapping out with plastics and fragrance. They're definitely on there, and give you specifics. We've got a guide to mold supplements on our main page as well right now.
1: There's probably some other free stuff
0: <laughs> somewhere too. Awesome. But those are easy to find.
1: Yeah. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you would want to talk about? I don't think
0: so. Yeah. I would just, I encourage people, you know, it can be an overwhelming topic. So just learn, you know, little by little, but, and if you have any suspicion that like there could be something, you know, in your home or your office or affecting your body, like please look into it because it's you know, these things are kind of quiet, but they can be, you know, turn to be very serious. So yeah, just please slowly look into it, peruse our site and you're welcome, yeah, you to like set up a supplement review with me or or just you know, email us with a question, and be happy to help.
1: Yeah. And you have a super fun Facebook group with lots of Facebook lives where people, because I think there's a lot of information out there and people don't know where to go. But every time I see it, I'm like, whoa, this is a plethora of information.
0: Oh, good. That's so good to hear. Yeah. I used to have a podcast and I was just like fatiguing. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to do Facebook lives in a Facebook group and just keep it cash. I should have you on there. Like, I have very smart friends, so we do some good interviews and yeah, we drop in every new blog we write and that kind of a thing. So yeah, it's called Hormone Detox Tribe, if any, and it's free. So you just have to request to come be in it.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting. I felt like I learned so much. Well, likewise, it was just kind of fun. That's a wrap. I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, All feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you want to share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing Muscle Medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys. So much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.